Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Riggins. That would be a little weird. Yeah. Texas forever. That was the first thing I thought of, too. It's really the first thing I thought of. Ah, uh, like the Lone Star Light. Yeah. Not not coffee, but Lone Star Light. Right, right. Ah, uh, I was also thinking of uh, Minka Kelly, but that's just another thing entirely. As you should. As you should. Wherever you are in our great state, you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. It's just a click away at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Don't forget, when you support Strange Brew Coffee House, you support the Bulldog Initiative with every purchase. And this holiday season, if you've got a coffee lover in your house, they would love a gift from strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Pip Printing over in Ridgeland. Guys, if you are running a business, you already spend money on printing. I mean, I know you do. Printing is the lifeblood of any business's marketing plans. That's how you get your mailers out. That's how you get people to notice your products, your signage, things of that nature. So if you're already spending that money, and you're a Mississippi State fan, and if you're listening to this podcast, I have to assume for the most part that you are, well, then why not spend money on printing and help the Bulldog Initiative at the same time? That's what you can do with PIP printing. When you talk to my buddy Camden Baker over there, he's going to take care of you, and he's going to donate 10% of whatever your sale is uh, back to the uh, the Bulldog Initiative. So let's think about it like this. Let's just do the math real quick. If we can come up with, you know, between 10 businesses, that li- 10 business owners who listen to this podcast that spend $1,000 with PIP printing, then that's, that's $1,000 a month to the Bulldog Initiative. That's $12,000 a year to the Bulldog Initiative. And that's just on 10 businesses. What if we got 20? What if we got 30? I mean, it's going to add up, guys. So talk to Camden Baker today and find out how his business can serve your business. His number is 601-499-5216. And when I say his number, that is his number. That is not his business's number. That's his number. He didn't even give me. I don't have the phone number for pit printing. I could look it up, I'm sure. But I don't have it here on this. I have this. Hold on, let me. I have this sheet with all my my notes on it here. I have Camden's number. I, I don't know pit printing's number. So that man gave you his phone number. That's how dedicated to making sure your experience with his company is right. Pip Printing, pipridgeland.com is the website. Give them a call today. Support your your built the Bulldog Initiative and great get great marketing for your business. 
College Corner, collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you're looking for. The holidays are, I mean, just bearing down on us at this point. We're a week away from Christmas. If you haven't made that last-minute purchase yet, now's the time. Head over to College Corner, two locations in the Jackson area, Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flowed by the Half Shell, or you can shop online, collegecornerstore.com, and get the maroon and white gear under the tree that you want this holiday season. Well, they were really happy to see us at Restaurant Tyler the other night. They, 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 they couldn't have been more thrilled that Robbie Falk and I we're in there enjoying a fine meal. And let me tell you, that was a fine meal that we had. And I'm not even talking about it because Robbie had to pick up the tab. That was just good eating. That They had this surf and turf special, pork chop with a herb cheese fondue on top of it with sausage and uh, and shrimp. Oh, man, that was as good a pork chop as I can remember eating in, in, in a long, long time. And I would go back and eat it again, and I'd pay for it myself. That's how good it was. So if you don't have a good friend like Robbie Falk to pay off a bet, it doesn't matter. Just go to Restaurant Tyler anyway and eat dinner there. They've always got great specials like that. I, I, I did feel like I missed out on, on dessert. We had the stuffed pancakes. Those were delicious. But they were offering a, a peppermint uh, bread pudding. And I was just like, that, that, that sounds pretty darn good. Very very festive, very holiday season-y. But maybe next time. And there will be a next time soon at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout central Mississippi here to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you. When you want to bank with your community, Priority One Bank makes it easy because they've got locations all across the state in central Mississippi. A small town feel, a small community bank feel, but big financial flexibility and the ability to, to, to take your finances to the next level. Find out what Finite Priority One can do with you for you. Give them a call. Check out the website, PriorityOneBank.com. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Should I play the if I had to play the song for every commitment this weekend, uh, I we would be here for the next 20 minutes. So let's just play it once. A lot of commitments, Robbie. A lot of commitments. A lot. Probably more than I, I was expecting. Where should we start first? Are there any? Were there any high school commitments this weekend? Are there any high? Yeah. I guess um, Ty, Ty McClendon. Ty McClendon. Yeah. Okay. Is he the only one for this weekend? Let me see if there's a way to uh, yeah. crack. Oh, good. 247 gave him an, a, the uh, Mississippi State 85. There it is. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, yeah. Let's yeah. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Well, it is It is what it is there. So, is he on this? Yeah, here he is. Now, which which one is this then? Hold on. So, he is a 85, you said, for 247? Yes. All right, he got an 87 on on three. That that on three website, they gave him an 87. So Kai McClendon, who, you know, if you go back, I think to, to Friday's show, we talked about him. We're like, who is this guy? I don't know anything about him. Went down to the Mississippi Alabama All-Star game and had a pretty good game. Uh, really did a good job of showing out. Then comes up here on an official visit, gets the offer, immediately commits. It, is he like this year's Jonathan Davis, kind of? Without the drama? Yeah, very similar, but uh, there there was no like in state battle for him. Right. Um, to me, he's uh, the his game and 
just kind of how things went. He's Cam Young. Mm -hmm. And if you remember back at that recruitment with, with Cam Young back in the, I think it was the 2018, 2018, 2019. Class. That yeah, yeah. He was an 86. Mm -hmm. He got one spot higher than comically Clinton. Multi-year starter, NFL draft pick. If you can get the same production out of Kyle McClendon as you did as Cam Young, I think oh, you're, you're doing pretty good. You're doing really, really good. So, so that I, I like it. You know, a lot of people understand we're you know not thrilled with it just because. You're trying to get difference makers from for next year, and mm -hmm. I, I get it. I think there's a place for both of those things. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't think that now that you have the the transfer portal that you don't recruit guys that are quote unquote projects or long term development guys. I mm -hmm. think there's still a place for that, right? Uh, and Kyle McClendon is that. I, I don't expect him to come in here right away. It's going to be a lot, a lot like Jonathan Davis. He's going to need a year. Cam Young was the same same way. He's going to need some time to develop, and eventually you have, I think, a true nose tackle right there. And, and him and listen, you have basically three straight guys like that with Calvin Dinkins, and then Jonathan Davis and and Kai McClendon, uh, all you know Mississippi products that were very late bloomers. Kai McClendon, I think, was playing offensive line. They moved into defense. He's was wrecking things on uh, Saturday. He didn't have big numbers, but he was obviously his presence was felt. And I think a lot of a lot of the stuff you saw from the edge guys like Kamarion Franklin and guys like that were freed up by what he was doing inside. He's going to be a space eater kind of guy, a lot like Cam Young. That's going to free up a lot of the stuff on the outsides. I like this pickup personally, and I, I'm not high on Mississippi State's efforts on the defensive line right now. Mm -hmm. But I do think Kyle McClendon is a very interesting player that Mississippi State could do something with, especially under David Turner, who's been really good um, about developing guys like that. Yeah. So we'll see how that one pans out for Mississippi State. Then we go to the transfer portal. And a lot of action there this weekend for State. Four commitments on, on this Sunday. Uh, and, and some more expected as well. Uh, I'm sorry, and then one from Saturday night. He's not... He's not Hold on a second, Robbie. I need to find out why this is. So I'm looking at this on three website again. McKylan Pounder's not on there. Did, did I miss something? Uh, Maybe. I mean, Paul was kind of busy today, so that's maybe no didn't update. Use. All right. Well, let's start with McKylan. No, that's a, that's a, you're he, hyping up on three like this is great. Pretty. Pretty obvious that Paul needs to get another guy over there, help him out or something. It's, it needs to got to figure something out there because that's not that's not gonna that's not gonna fly. Uh, now hiring, huh, Paul? Ah, uh, McKylan Pounders. Just for the symmetry of it, just for the storyline, I love it. Right, this is a guy that was committed to Mississippi State a couple years ago. Uh, he gets the uh, the Ole Miss offer, or the, the you know they 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 try to set it up where he's going to flip. State's able to. If you recall that year, Ole Miss had three players that they pulled this with: Brandon Burkhalter, McKylan Pounders, and uh, MJ Daniels. State and State pulled. State basically they got they got out. wind of the first two. They got yeah. wind on Pounders and Burkhalter pulled their offers. 
And as a result, they signed Ra-Ra Thomas, who even though he only played two years at State, he did a lot more for Mississippi State than Burke Alter has done at Ole Miss. Instead of uh, Pounders, I think they got Cannon Boone, who hasn't really done anything at State, but was a more highly rated prospect, if nothing else. Well, he was he was in the two deep this year. He's in the two deep. I'm just saying he hasn't made a huge impact yet. We'll see if what happens this year. Buck Halter ended up having a transfer. He He's didn't do anything. Out. And then MJ Daniels, that happened on signing day, and that's the one that they got. They they were able to get the sucker punch on that one. Another transfer. But did Pounders, nothing. as you recall, uh, flips to Ole Miss, and then on a, on signing day isn't sent an offer, an NIL, an, an NLI, I should say. And yes. ends up having to take a Memphis offer. Mississippi State, rightly in my opinion, at that time, decided not to take him back. They felt they had been trying to. They had tried. He had tried to play games with them, and and Leach made the decision. No, no we're not going to do that. But everything comes full circle sometimes in this life. And now Pounders, after two incredibly good years, he was very productive at Memphis as a starting offensive lineman, has committed to Mississippi State. Again, the storyline I like, but the fact that he is a really good offensive tackle, you have to like even more. Yeah, no doubt. I think you've you've picked up a guy that wants to be here first and foremost because you're talking about a guy that when when all that stuff went down, he was basically used as a pawn by Lane Kiffin and the staff Mm -hmm. to get at Mississippi State, Mm -hmm. and they end up dropping the kid. And I I think after that, he kind of realized – he was used for that, and since then, I mean, I think there's some animosity there towards Ole Miss, and this kid should fit is, in just fine. Then, Robbie, he is thrilled to be here. Mm-hmm. Like I, I told you earlier, he sent me a message today. I, I haven't talked to this kid. Mm-hmm. He sent me a message out of the blue and told me he wanted to come on Thunder and Lightning. We need to make that happen. Like I'm not, I'm not kidding. I, I literally have the DM. He's randomly sent me a message that he wanted to come on uh, Thunder and Lightning, and, and he said he is um, blanking, fired up to be back. Love it. Love to hear it. We He's need to pumped, get him. We're, we're, I'm going to tell him, like, you can come on, but uh, we're going to ask some questions. Got some questions for you. So we'll see if he's willing to answer them. Yeah, but I think, you know, just as far as, you know, what he brings to the table, he gave up like one or two sacks last year. Mm-hmm. And I realize that's in the uh, AAC or whatever, but only giving up a sack or two is, you know, that's good on any level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was a player that kind of under the radar a little bit on what his options were, right. but he had options from around the country. Mm-hmm. Auburn wanted him badly. You beat out Auburn for him. You be- Ole Miss uh, recruited him. Uh, Texas A&M, I think, recruited him. Yeah, I he think had he was in on him too. I think so. So this was a kid that you legitimately beat out some really good teams for. Mm-hmm. This is this might be state's best pickup to this point, and yeah. I get it. There, that's not saying a lot, but I think it's a really good pickup, and I think he's, I think he's much better than the eighty-seven tag that we threw on him at two four seven. Yeah, I agree with that. Then on Sunday, like I said, a lot of a flurry of activity, shall we say. The the Ball brothers, Cameron and Justin, both tight ends, one from Vanderbilt, one from Buffalo, both commit to Mississippi State. Memphis cornerback Travion Wright commits to Mississippi State. And Purdue defensive lineman Suleiman Kapaka commits to Mississippi State. Kapaka is very interesting to me, Robbie, because State actually hosted a different Purdue defensive lineman this weekend. 
and he seems to have not committed, but this guy has. They did? Isn't that correct? That's not the guy that, that they had on campus, right? No, he was on campus. But there was another Purdue offensive or defensive lineman. I don't recall this guy being mentioned. Let me see if I can find Yeah, he yeah, he was hold on, hold on, Robbie. Hold on. Hold on. I think you're mistaken, sir. Was this the I remember looking this guy up and he he didn't this was a different... Are you thinking about the guy from Canada? Maybe. I may be. Let me see. I think you I think you're thinking of the guy from Canada okay. that was supposed to be visiting, but I don't know Is if he Steve actually came. M- Mabuma? Yeah. I could be mispronouncing that too. Okay. All right, then Suleiman Kapaka. This is a I mean, let's just be honest with this guy. He didn't play much at Purdue. He's a depth piece for Mississippi State. State at something we have to we have to consider at this point is that state just needs players. They gotta get they gotta fill out their too deep some way. And right now you have no experience on that defensive line. Like right now your starting defensive line is I mean, Demonte Russell is still there for you. But Trevion Williams, Calvin Dinkins, Jonathan Davis, these are guys who have not played a lot of reps, if any. And so you need some guys who have at least played some college football, and Kapaka gives you that. I just don't understand why State hasn't been able to get traction with defensive linemen. I agree. I agree. You can – I mean, you can sell the playing time, but also you can sell NFL pedigree, the coaching that you have on the defensive line. It's one thing if it's like, you know, the safeties or the corners with guys that, you know, haven't proven a lot in the SEC or whatever. Mm-hmm. David Turner has been at Texas A&M, Kentucky – Florida, Mississippi State. He's been all over the SEC, and he's produced some big names. Why are they not being able to gain traction with legit SEC defensive linemen? And I don't want to diminish this kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I say he's a kid. I mean, he's probably like 22. Yeah, he's he's old enough to to vote. But, you know, 30 career tackles – um, and two and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. You know, it, he is a, a depth piece for sure, but where are the difference makers? Right. And then you see, yeah, this is, and we're going to go into in depth a little bit this this week talking about, we're going to have to talk about Ole Miss at some point. And we're going to have to talk about what's going on up there and how it's going to affect Mississippi State. But, you know, Mississippi State puts out, and, and they're, they're getting traction with a ton of defensive linemen. They have three legit defensive linemen. State has put up puts out all these graphics about DLU and the the contracts that Simmons and Jones and Cox and Sweat have signed all hundred million dollar deals, and yet can they get a, even get a visit from a guy like Walter Nolan? No, and you know that's that's very frustrating if you're Mississippi State that like you said, states states defensive portal recruiting the offensive portal recruiting has been fine. You've gotten a couple of good offensive linemen. You look like you're on track to pick up a big-time receiver next week. He hasn't made that a commitment official, but I'm going to wait till he commits to try to pronounce that last name. But the kid from UTEP. Kari, uh, I think, is his last name. There's another syllable in there, man. I know that there is. I don't – I think it is – I think it is a Kari. Uh, you know what? When he commits to Mississippi State, I'll commit to learning how to pronounce his name. Just, that's how we're going to do things with, with some of these names. I'm 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 pushing my 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 intelligence today, trying to pronounce Suleiman Kapaka. I don't know that I'm getting that right either, to be honest with you. So yeah, we 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 just need to wait on Mississippi State to put out pronunciation guide there. 
But anyway, like I like I said, they they seem to be getting some impact. And Shapen, say what you want. I mean, this is a quarterback who's put up you know decent numbers over at Baylor. But state defensively, they had, I mean, the kid from Memphis redshirted last year. He hasn't played. Um, the uh, and people get so upset, like for pointing out, yeah, that things are not going well right now right. there. But th- how can you possibly defend that? Right, right now you have a a, a cornerback and, and Trey Wright who didn't play last year at Memphis. You're expecting him to come in and start right away and and do some big things at corner. I mean, what track record do we have to believe that? Mm-hmm. You have a backup, uh, two backup defensive linemen that have been in college for a while and they're you know still were ne- never able to you know really crack into there, and then you know. They they whiffed on a on a on the kid from Ohio State, mm-hmm. lost that battle to uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, it's just not good right now. And I don't know if it's, have we gotten the confirmation on the cornerback from Michigan State Did he commit to Boston College. I don't know if he committed, but I he don't think he came him. this weekend. Right, and so but like you're you're losing battles to Cincinnati and Boston College like mm-hmm. that. Like how how is anybody defending that? The defensive it, side has been been rough not good and, and the other side of that is you know it, it feels like everybody talks out of both sides of their mouth it's like if you want to tell me that you know kids want to play for winning programs and you know guys only have a year left they don't want to come into a rebuild i can completely understand that right i got no problem buying into that but then explain to me why a kid would go to cincinnati or boston college those are not yeah. good programs so you know there, it has to be one way or the other the 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 you know the way to look at it is there's still a long way to go in the portal right the, the, we still have a few more weeks before that thing closes up players as bowl games start happening players who will leave their teams from the, you got players who want to play in the bowl game and they're not going to hit the portal until they they you know they don't until after their game you know a guy like Malik Murphy is a little different because he saw what happened to Jaquarius Spivey last year and is like I can't wait until the playoff and the national championship game possibly to transfer. I have to get in now so that I can keep my eligibility. I don't want to end up like Spivey did and be ineligible next year. Thanks, NCAA. So for the most part, though, all the bowl teams that have players that are going to transfer, they're going to wait. They want to go to the bowl game. They want to get the swag bag. They want to have that bowl game experience. Totally acceptable. So there's still a long way to go with that. This is not high school where, you know, five days from day, four days from today, uh, we're going to be talking about signing day, and you, and you have to be locked in at that point. There's still plenty of time, but you're right; it is frustrating for an SEC team that has plenty of starting opportunities available. That is offensively coached by a guy that you can trust that he's going to be able to put points up on the board. Has NIL that they're not getting any kind of of, of you know of, of prospects in worth really you know worth you know being excited about. So it is it is it is tough. They they got they definitely have um a lot of work to do if they if they're not able to address a lot of these needs right now the spring has got to be mm-hmm. you know a, a big one which we've seen a lot of good players go in in the spring in, in places and you know, been difference makers. Yeah. So it's not it's not over for Mississippi State there. But as it stands right now, I mean, if you look at it, if if this is Mississippi State's defense next year, it's going to be bad. I'm just yeah. I'm I'm just preparing people because 
if this is the if this is the players that they're going to put on the field next year, and I, like I just want people to be prepared. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to beat people 45 to 40. And you know that just kind that of something we've hurt. been calling for, right? We've been saying that. Yes, that needs to happen. You may get a taste of it. And uh, the other side of it is what I kind of want to mention is that you see Ole Miss. It seems like every day they're picking up a not only a transfer but a highly sought after transfer. And yeah. so we talk about perception all the time. The perception is, and it's not even, perce- it isn't perception. This is not perception is reality. Reality is that Ole Miss is a hot program right now. Kids are wanting to go play there. They, they've got excitement. They, they, you know, they've got the dominoes rolling in the right direction. And defensive guys are looking at that team. They're saying Judkins, Dart, all those receivers. Now they've got Juice Wells. You know, we, there's a chance that they could be really, really good. And they should be really, really good next year. So I get it. It's, it's, it's not... This isn't a state versus Ole Miss thing. This is just Ole Miss has been winning the last three years. Their coaching staff has stayed intact for the most part. They've been able to – this is the culmination of all that. State is back at the beginning. I'm going to continue to say it until we get to the season, and hopefully it'll sink in. It's going to be a rebuild. A rebuild doesn't mean it's 1992 all over again, and it's going to take, well, he's got to get in there, and by the time his players are seniors, they should be good. It's not a four- or five-year process anymore. But year one is going to have its its ups and downs. It's going to be have some bumpy spots. It's going to have some moments of of looking around, going, "Gosh, this is not you know this is not good. They're not good right now." You hope that they continue to improve throughout the year. You hope that they're better offensively from from day one. And then you know you, you take stock at the end of the season, and you hope that you've shown enough that next year some bigger prospects want to get on board. But it's it's going to be a process for Mississippi State, and so. It's and if nothing else, you should. I think you should be encouraged by the fact that state's high school recruiting seems like it's in a pretty good spot right now. It feels like their state has a lot of momentum with Daniel Hill, and but you know it's just one of those things that if Alabama on signing day says no, we got a spot, you know, they're going to take him, and that's yeah. going to go to Alabama. So you're going to have to wait until he signs. And the problem with that is obviously is that he's not signing or committing or anything until January third at the at the Under Armour All American game. Now he might sign on on December sixth or on December twentieth and keep that quiet, but I don't know. So we're just going to have to wait and see on that one. But it feels like Stonka Burnside's going to come back in, and you're going to get a couple of more guys here and there as far as far as that goes. Uh, and and you're going to be fine on the high school side of things. You're going to end up with probably close to a top twenty five class. But on the transfer portal side of things, for right now, it's going to be tough. Now we'll see. Like I said, as, as guys continue to, to jump in the portal. Uh, what happens? But right now, it, it's totally okay to admit that things aren't going Mississippi State's way in the transfer portal. It's fine. Okay, yeah. to you can say it out loud. It's not going to hurt anything. It's not being negative. It's not you know going out of your way. No, it's that's just how it is. It's just not good right now. Yeah. And they've they've added some really good pieces on offense. I think they've addressed some needs there. Offensive line right now is looking like a strength. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the offensive line could be one of the strengths of your team, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, a few weeks ago, we would say it has a chance to, to struggle a little bit, mm-hmm. but that they've addressed some needs there. Wide receiver looks like it's going to be pretty good. It looks like running back could be really good. Defensive side of the ball is, is different, and it's okay to, to say that. And I can't tell you why they're struggling so bad. I don't know if it's the coaching, like they're just not on the right players. If, 
if the players don't believe in this coaching staff on defense right now or what. It's it's really weird to me that David Turner, of all people, is not able to get traction with with some big-time defensive linemen. That is strange to me how that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot that has to be done. One last thing. You mentioned running backs there for a second. Dante Dowdle, the Oregon transfer, we talked a little bit about him last week. You talk about everything happening as we had foreseen it, Robbie. Uh, It went exactly according to plan, right? He went to Oregon for a year, comes back to Mississippi. He's in Starkville this weekend. There's a lot of momentum that he will commit to Mississippi State. State, you know, Daniel Hill, to me, is still a toss-up. I I don't know if he's coming to Mississippi State or not. But we don't know that Seth Davis is going to – how long he's going to be out. You know, Jeff Pittman, Kevon Lee are are, are just – you know, they're okay players. They're not neither one of them are, are true difference makers, in my opinion. You have Johnny Daniels, who people have, have you know talked about, but I mean, I see a guy who he has one SEC offer. You know, this Dante Dowdle is a guy that had offers from everybody in the SEC just a season ago. So I think it's a no brainer if Dowdle wants to come, you take him, and it feels like that's where it's trending for, for Mississippi State. Yeah, no doubt. I I don't know why people would be against that. He's a guy that last year everybody wanted. I don't think things have changed that drastically for him as a player uh, in one year. I mean, we were talking about this last year, that he was going to go to Oregon, and there was a very good shot that eventually he would end up in the portal and Mississippi State would be a destination, and here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, didn't get a ton of playing time, but he was – I mean, last year he was a true freshman, correct? Correct. So, I mean, what do we – and what are we talking about here? Like that, I, I think he hasn't. You know, he's he's the same kind of player to me. I, I think that he's going to uh, to be a good bruising back. I've w- I watched him play in high school, and he ran in a system in high school. But if you're if you can run the football, you can run the football. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kid is a physical presence. If you're not able to get a you know a Daniel Hill, this kid is in that same ilk. He is a similar type athlete as a Daniel Hill. Now you get both of them, and you're really cooking back there with just big physical running backs that can run downhill, very good in the open field. I mean, this was a top 10 running back in the country last year. It looks like he had a great visit to state. So, um, you know, I, I would take him in a heartbeat and figure it out later with your running back situation. Agreed. You're about to lose – Kevon Lee and Jeffrey Pittman, mm-hmm. I guess, are graduating after next year. And then you're you're going to have a fairly young running back group. So uh, prepare yourself for the future with these guys. Yeah. And he, you know, he's he's been a year already in college. He should be ready to contribute. Should be, should be, and you know, and. In this style of offense, I think you know a Dowdle Seth Davis combo would be very interesting. And you know Daniel Hill, if he can get in there too, you can't have enough good players. Though. You just you can never have enough. Ole Miss has done this for years. Take them and figure it out when they get to campus. You know that kids want to play. So if you you get to a situation where Dowdle and Seth Davis are going to be the running backs, you tell Daniel Hill, hey, you know we moved the linebacker. If he wants to be at Mississippi State and wants to play, he'll do it. Otherwise, if he's just stuck on being a running back. Well, then he'll go. I mean, that's what the portal's for. So we'll see how it all pans out. I, I would expect more commitments in the next two to three. Obviously, you know, it's signing day is only three days away. So that's this class will start to fill up. A guy like Dowdle obviously could wait. We'll have to wait, wait and see.
before we get out of football, let's talk about the coaching staff real quick. The fine, or I guess this is the final uh, addition to this staff. Um, which you know, I, there's there's some questions then, <laughs> if we're being being honest here. So, uh, but it was announced again. You know, we talked about uh, players waiting for bowl games to be over. So do coaches, and in this instance, the name is Cliff Odom. Uh, he was the defensive backs coach at New Mexico State. He is now the special teams coordinator here at Mississippi State. I have one question. We have been we were waiting to find out who was going to be the outside linebackers coach here at Mississippi State. I'm sorry, the inside linebackers coach. I believe Coleman Hutzler. It, it, the 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 graphic they put out for him said defensive coordinator, outside linebackers coach. Is that correct, mm-hmm. or am I am I wrong on that? One of the two, it it did say that he was going to be a, a positional coach, uh, right. either inside or outside. I can't remember exactly. Here, here's the picture. Here, hold on. Inside, but yeah, linebackers. inside linebackers. He coached outside linebackers at at Alabama. He is coaching inside linebackers here. So we thought this the next coaching hire was going to be outside linebackers. It's not. It's special teams. What am I missing? I don't know. I mean, one of those guys is going to have to um, coach outside linebackers. I imagine it's going to be him, Butzler or Odom. Odom. Okay. And and what we had was Pete Thamel was the guy that broke that, and he just mentioned special teams coordinator and didn't mention that he would also be coaching outside linebackers because he didn't say that Hutzler was going to be the inside linebackers coach when he. Mention that it feels or whoever. Like, I, th- I think th- I think that's probably going to be who it is. What it feels like how the they do special it. teams coach needs to just be the special teams coach to me. Though. So I, I I was getting I was getting trying I had convinced myself that state was going to kind of do what Moorhead did a little bit, which was uh, just sort of have some some grad assistants and quality control guys do special teams, and then let the new coach come in and coach outside linebackers. But that that's obviously not the case. Uh, Didn't. But, didn't he? I thought he had Joey Jones. He had him the first year, but didn't he? Didn't he? He had. Remember, he had Chris Bonyol, or was that with Mullen? That was Mullen. Mullen didn't have a special teams coach. M- Mullen's special teams coach was like several guys. Yeah, he just kept moving yeah. around. So yeah, yeah. I was thinking of Chris Bonyol when he was here. Yeah, he was kind of like the kickers coach or whatever. Yeah, so I, I thought that was the way. They he, were I go. mean, Cliff Odom has has worked with special teams before. I mean, he's going to have the input of two special teams coaches on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And then he's obviously coached positions inside college football already as well. Right. I just, I'm very skeptical of the defensive staff right now until we see more of them. And, Fair. you know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it's just, it's just the fact that a lot of them are kind of young and coaching different positions and we'll see what happens. We shall see. With Levy, it's like this. Levy needs a game. He, he needs the season to get here because, like, the off the field stuff. And when I say off the field, I'm not talking about you know criminal activity or anything. I'm just saying the coaching hires have all been kind of you know what. You know, there's been a lot of who when I've seen these names, and then you combine that with you know the way the portal stuff has been going, the way you know you felt like State was in a good position to get one of the top quarterbacks. And it looks like they're not going to do that. They're missing on a lot of defensive guys right now. Yeah. Levy needs spring practice to get here. He needs to, you know, he needs to have a scrimmage where you can see that ball going up and down the field a little bit. So 
We'll see how that goes. All right, let's move into basketball. It's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to uh, them, that's the, the, our farmers here in this state who produce our great beef. That's how you're able to eat those great steaks. Each night. Robbie had a great steak on uh, Friday night. He had a he, he, I did. It was delicious. It looked really, really good. And I had I had to really. I mean, I was I was full. You were full. The appetizers got me. And then dessert showed up, and you were like, "Oh no, wait! I got room for that." Yes, so, I ate I ate everything on my plate. You good boy, good man, very That's good. Right. I'm a growing well, boy. You're you're a big boy. I'm a big boy, mom. There you go. Well, you should be feeding your family steaks like that. They will love you for it. This holiday season, give them a special meal on the big day. Cook a prime rib, cook a beef tenderloin, make something special for your family this Christmas holiday. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find the smoked southern soul food you're looking for. I was at Two Brothers Friday night, not for uh, for food, but for uh, just for some after-hours entertainment it was quite quite fun. Met a couple of fans of ours there, uh, Robbie. And it was very fun. And uh, but that's another great thing about Two Brothers is you know once once the kitchen closes down, that still becomes a great place to hang out with your friends and enjoy a good time. But if I had my way, I'd rather be in there eating barbecue. I'll be honest with you. If I'd rather be eating some uh, some smoked wings, some pork rind nachos, something like that. So maybe I'll do that this week. But I think I think we need to make that happen. Uh, yeah. Just that, n- nothing else needs to be said. Two Brothers Smoked Meats is the home of Smoke Southern Soul Food. Great products, great service. That's what Advantage Business Systems offers you. And I know every other business says they offer it to you, but who really does? Well, I can tell you when you have 49 years of experience providing the best business technology and those kind of products to your customers and then backing it up with the service that keeps you open for 49 years, well, then you got a pretty good recipe for success. If you need a new copy or a new printer, or new laptops, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need anything service-wise, you just call them back. You talk to the same people who made you the sale. No 1-800 numbers, no call centers, no out-of-state technicians, just Mississippi people, which means a lot of times they can solve your problem the same day. Give them a call at 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue, they've got your next polo or pullover right there waiting for you. Tremendous-looking styles. I saw a guy today in a big old, like, maroon pullover with, like, gray that was, like, really bold on one side, and it, like, faded out, and then, like, a banner rim that took up his whole gut. And I was just like, why? Why would anyone wear that? My and God. I know. And I'm like, you, when you can when you can just go to the Rogue and get a simple maroon polo, pullover, state script, interlocking, M over S, and wear that and just look better. That's just me, though. So if you don't want to look like that guy, you go talk to the good folks at the Rogue, and they'll take care of you. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Good to go to Tupelo today in the Cadence Bank uh, uh, Center, or as it's uh, refer- referred to, by our friend uh, Stefan Krajnik, the bank, which that kind of surprised me, but the bank, yeah, that's what he was calling it, the the, the bank. So uh, we'll go with that. Um, saw a lot. There were I thought a pretty good crowd there in terms. I thought it was you know maybe three four thousand people there. So I thought that was a uh, a good crowd. We I saw the friends of it the did. Program. It looked like a really good uh, crowd. I need to pass along a hello. The friends of the program uh, wanted me to say hello to you. The the whole group, 
I, I, I met with the whole group today. They will be in Starkville uh, later next month. Perhaps we can see them there, but it was good to see the friends of the program. I'll uh, have to check my schedule. Yeah. So it feels like there's a way, when you talk about Mississippi State basketball, right? You have to make a choice. Is it dominates the game from start to finish? Starts slow but dominates the game in the second half? Starts fast and has to hold on in the second half? Or plays like crap and loses? Those are your four options. Today's state <laughs> went with start slow and then dominate the second half. They were down uh, as many as 11 points. It was 25-14 at one point. North Texas was leading Mississippi State. State won on a 35-11 to run, uh, led by as many as 20 in this game, and end up with a very uh, comfortable victory over uh, what it was. I, I would tell you was a surprisingly game uh, North Texas Mean Green squad. It came in at 5-4. and four. I didn't expect much of them. But final score, 72-54. So the margin of victory doesn't really give you an idea how close this game was early in, in, in the early going. State not good from behind the arc today, 5-21, of 21, and that's kind of spearheaded by, by Josh Hubbard, who was 3-10. of 10. So he's 3-10. of 10. That means the rest of the team was 2-11. of 11. Still not great, but Hubbard just couldn't get anything going. He still had 11 points, though. He found a way to make some buckets. Keyshawn Murphy was the big guy, big dog today, 18 points for him. In the first half, he was really the only spark State had offensively. Uh, he kept getting buckets. Cam Matthews nearly had a triple-double today, 9 points, 7 assists, 12 rebounds for him. DJ Jeffries with 13 points, 7 rebounds. He's starting to figure things out in terms of, I don't have to settle for threes. I can mm-hmm. slash, I can get into the lane and, and, and get, get to the bucket and make shots there. So pretty good game from him. Uh, seven and five from Jimmy Bell Jr. Uh, Shaq Moore with six points. Deshaun Davis with four points. Uh, the only Bulldogs in double figures, as I mentioned, Murphy with 18, Hubbard with 11, Jeffries with 13. State shoots 41% for the game, uh, 68% from the line. I already mentioned the, uh, the, 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 the three-point shooting. Here's the stat of the game, though, Robbie. State with only three turnovers in the game. That is yeah. an amazing number. They forced 16 turnovers. They got 22 points off of turnovers as opposed to only two for the mean green. Uh, State with 15 assists on 25 made buckets. Only four assists for uh, for, for uh, North Texas. They, they did a pretty good job of creating their own shots uh, as it was. State was able to out-rebound the, uh, the mean green by five. But that that is an incredible number. Only three turnovers. Jans was almost... Like speechless when he saw that number, he's like, "I've never seen that number that low for Mississippi State." I think Stefan did some research. He went back to 2005 and wasn't able to find a game with that few turnovers. So, taking care of the ball in a game where you're not shooting the ball well early, Robbie, taking care of it is paramount. So, State at least did that. That allowed them to weather the storm. It was very similar to the Northwestern game. Came out ugly, didn't play well early on, but then just assumed control of the game and never looked back. Yeah, that's kind of the game that I've turned to when I was thinking about it. North Texas isn't a bad team. Mm-hmm. They last year they really I believe, won the NIT. Yeah, last season. New coach. And this year, right? Uh, this year they had four losses coming in, mm-hmm. and they lost every game by five or less points. Mm-hmm. They lost to St. John's, who's been good this year. Lost them by one point. They lost to another. Lost to another LSU team. Or another SEC team in LSU lost them by four. Mm-hmm. They lost to Fordham by one point. 
and they lost to Boise State by five. So not their record wasn't really indicative of how competitive they've been. And it's still, you know, North Texas. But I think what was really key for Mississippi State is they got that 10-point win for their net. They won by 18. You win by double digits, it's a little extra to your net. And it's technically a road game uh, because it's away from the hump. So probably going to be, what, a quad two mm-hmm. or probably so. Should end up around and that, yeah. You got you found a way to to win the ball game, but it's the way that they did it that I thought was impressive. They came out, they were really cold early, got down by ten points, and you're thinking, is this going to be another, you know, bad loss? And they just found ways. And I thought what they did was they utilized what they do on the defensive side of the ball to kind of springboard them a little bit. Uh, in a day that wasn't their best day offensively, they found their ways. They got out in transition. T.J. Jeffries, for all the grief that he's been given over over the last couple of years offensively, every single game he he has the the highest plus percentage of anybody I think on the team. When he's in the ball game, good things are happening for Mississippi State defensively. He's becoming more aggressive on the offensive end and getting to the rim mm-hmm. and scoring and not settling for for three point shots, things like that. He's become a a more well-rounded player this year. Cam Matthews is just fantastic. He's just a jack of all trades. Um, you know, he he blocked a shot today around the rim, took off and delivered a, a great pass to DJ for a dunk. I think Sean Jones for the dunk. Yeah, Sean Jones. Okay, couldn't remember. So, I mean, to me, this has been great for Mississippi State to have guys figure it out without Tolu Smith. Yeah, because you're about to get Tolu back, and you're going to have a much more comfortable team. If Tolu gets some foul trouble or whatever, you're going to have a team that knows what to do. They're not going to panic without their all SEC guy out there. And this team's found ways to win. They they, they found ways to lose a couple games too. But I really like the makeup of this team, the the grittiness. It's it's hardly ever going to be super pretty, but they just find ways. Yeah, they are a a interesting team to watch. I wouldn't say they're fun because they have those moments where they they're just like, what's what's going on out there? Yeah, but when they do put it together, they they are quite good. And when Tolu comes back in, you, you can feel like this team, assuming they're able to figure out everybody's roles once they add Tolu back to everything, that they they should be just fine. Now nine and two, three game winning streak. They don't play again until next uh, Saturday against Rutgers in the Gotham Classic. That game is in New Jersey, so you know that means we get to make Sopranos memes. Like Christmas Eve? No, it's... it's, it's, it's no, no, Christmas Eve is 23rd. Sunday. It's 23rd. Day before Christmas Eve, there's Day a game. Morning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's bad. There's there's Premier League soccer on Christmas Eve. They're making the English do it. Can you believe that? Communist. I know, right? So... Uh, yeah, so MSU now 9-2 and two on the season. Good win for the Bulldogs over North Texas. Real quick, before we go, mm-hmm. do you think Willie Fritz was in the interview with Zach Selman and like, and I think I might keep Kevin Barbet. And then that was... That, what, was, that was wild. And uh, Selman said, uh, we're good. Never mind. I can't believe Barbet. I mean, I should never be surprised because once you're a coach somewhere, you're, it's like you're never going to be unemployed. But... yeah. 
I can't believe he's an offensive coordinator again. I bet I'm going to be not. I'm not going to be surprised when they're good. That's a that's a decent program too. Like that's that's not a major. St- I mean, it's it's obviously a step down from Mississippi State, but not a monumental step down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's he. That's he obviously five, didn't five, fall four. forward, but he didn't. You know, he didn't get punished. Right. Yeah, I, I could totally see them being like being good. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be surprised by it when it when it happens. So we'll see. It feels like it only happens at Mississippi State. Like no matter who the offensive coordinator is. I know. So, all right. On tomorrow's show, we're going to have to talk about some for our friends up north. We're going to try. I'm, I want. I want to go into what this football season's this next year, 2024, is going to kind of be like, and how how it how we have to shape the mindset. Of Mississippi State a little bit, so it's going to be sort of a big picture show on tomorrow's show. I I would suspect there'll be more recruiting news to talk about on tomorrow's show as well as we continue to get closer uh, to National Signing Day. Guys, have a great Monday. We'll be back with you on Tuesday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.